And uh, we have just had a great time with this series. It's really been God's heart for this community, for this city, and it's going to be expressed through this local church. We were here last night. There was a group of about 30, 35 people, and we were praying for you. We are praying that God would touch your life in a powerful way today. And I believe every time that God's people gather together to worship Jesus, something powerful, dynamic has the potential to happen in your life. I believe it. Come on, amen? He's a God who's never changed. He's a God who's never changed. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I love to worship Jesus. I love worship. I love around people. We are one church two locations. We were here for the very first time. We have a 1030 service that's going to be starting up right at 1030. We're going to be here till the morning of campus. And uh, and uh, my wife and I and several people from this team will make a, a trail over there. And we're going to have a great time. And we got we just got the best of everything. We got young people and older people. We got uh, some eleven year old teenagers. We just got we're a church that loves Jesus. Amen. Would you put your hands together and tell the Lord you love him this morning? I want to just throw a baby picture up here real quick. Charlie, Charlie and Creek. You got that picture? All right. There we go. There's Daniel and Randy and baby Charlie. She was born February 3rd. I'm eight-ish. Is that right, Mom? I mean, Grandma? Char- Charlie. Charlie. Now, you come on. They throw couples at me all the time. Charlie. And uh, we had a great time with her. She was a mess. She had a beautiful little baby. And we're so proud of that. Little couple. Great job, Dad. She had been much six months ago. We scarred her baby with six months ago. You can stand with me this morning for the reading of God's word. We're going to look at two passages of scripture. Everyone say two. We're going to look at two passages of scripture this morning. And uh, I do want to mention uh, tonight we have a Super Bowl party. We haven't promoted this. But if you're looking for a place to go and you don't want to go to the bars, you don't have anyone to hang out with tonight, our Epic, our young adults are going to be hosting a Super Bowl party over and around. I'm going to be there. Uh, I'd love to meet you uh, if you want a place to go for Super Bowl. If you don't like the Super Bowl, we have fun and games and fights and food and all kinds of stuff like that. So that'll be nice. Starts around 4 5 ish. Team, I think, starts at 6 30. Uh, I think Tom Brady's going to win, right? Okay. How many, Giants, how many Giants fans we got? All right. How many Patriots? You'll notice it's New York and Boston. It's like the, it's like the East Coast plan. I don't know how they did that, but uh, they got bacon birdies and stuff for the Boston Patriots. All right, Matthew chapter 28. We're going to look at two passages of Scripture this morning. And uh, Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20. And then we're going to look at Acts chapter 1, verse 19. These are very familiar passages. These are If you've been in the church, if you've grown up in the church, you've heard these passages. But I believe that this is... The mission. I believe these are the compelling scriptures that God has given to us that will launch our lives and our churches into a whole new dimension if we really believe and practice what Jesus says. Matthew chapter 28, beginning with verse number 18. Then the Bible says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority, everyone say all. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all. Everyone say all. All nations. The word nations there in the Greek is ethnos. The word ethnos is the same word that we get ethnic groups from. Jesus did not limit the message of good news to a particular group of people. It was for 
all people, baptizing or immersing them in water in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey. Everyone say, obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always. Do you hear that? You should underline that. I am with you always to the very end of the age. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. These are some of Jesus' final words that he spoke to his disciples. In the book of Acts, Jesus has been risen from the dead for approximately 40 days. The Bible says through many convincing proofs. He showed them. He taught them. He opened their eyes to the reality of who he was, all the things that he had said about himself from the old covenant, from from the Jewish perspective of a coming Messiah. Jesus proved, and he showed himself to over 500 people. There were 500 eyewitnesses to the resurrection. 500 people actually saw a resurrected Jesus. We do not serve a dead God, but we serve a living God. He is risen. Come on. And he is risen indeed. What you felt this morning in this room during the time of worship was the presence of Jesus. I have a God, and his name is Jesus. Everyone just say Jesus. Jesus said this to his disciples. They were all worried about the end of times. When is the end going to come? Jesus explained to us the heavy revies. Come on, tell us, Jesus, when you're going to come back. How is this all going to work out? I mean, what's going to happen? Jesus said, hey, don't, don't, don't worry about those things. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Everyone say you. And you. Everyone say you. I mean, you got to say me and me. And I. And myself. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. You guys see this pattern here. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, until the ends of the earth. Father, I thank you this morning for the reality of who you are in our lives today. We've we've sung about it. Lord, now we're about to declare it. Your love, not just for us, but for every person in this community, in this city, on our planet. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. Thank you that because you loved us, you gave up on us. Now, Lord, I bless you. Keep your giving spiritual ears during this time together. In your name, we're seated. A big idea this morning is that God transforms me. God transforms me so I can partner with him in transforming others. We've talked about, you know, I love my city. And we can never love our city until we love God with all of our heart. We can never love other people the way that God has created us and designed us to be until we love God with all of our heart. But when we love God with all of our heart, then we love people. And then we talked about, we had Alan Griffin come, and he talked about the power of diversity in the kingdom. And he just did an incredible job. He's one of our favorite evangelists that we bring to cities, connecting us with and expanding our view of this local community, this local church, the love for Jesus for the world. And then we talked about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. What it means to follow Jesus and how we serve him in our community. This morning I want to talk to you about the Great Commission. I love my world. I love my world. And when we are transformed on the inside, then God gives us his spirit and his power and ability to partner with him in seeing the lives of other people transformed. The moment a person is transformed, the moment you come to Jesus, your life is changed. Is that right? I mean, the moment Jesus came into my life, I had that reality. I knew 
I mean, there was no more doubting. There was no more wondering if it was a God. There was no more questioning, debating. I mean, the moment Jesus came to my life, the moment I just lifted up my hands and said, okay, Jesus, if you're really real, show yourself to me. The moment that happened, something happened in my heart. I mean, I could tell you, I could just think of this place and this time. And then I went and I waited and I went to the local church and I just went to an altar call and something happened to that altar call. My life was never the same. But I can tell you one thing that happened inside of me. God gave me a love for people that I never had before. I mean, I mean, before that, everything in my life was about me. It was about making me happy. It was about the party I was going to go to. It was about the people I was hanging out with. Everything in my life. You see, everyone in this room lives for something. And I live for me. And, you know, I was a nice guy sometimes. And I did nice things. But the focus of my life was not outward-centered. It was inward-centered. Because my life was inward-centered, I had a lot of problems. I had a lot of issues. I had a lot of hurts I couldn't get over because it was all about me. I had so many hurts, and this thing happened to me, and that thing happened to me, and then I got bad habits going in my life, and then I got stuck in hang-ups and all kinds of traps and trinkets of the devil that kept me in bondage from being able to see how much God really loved me. But when God came into my life, when Jesus changed my heart, there was something that was birthed inside. I was driven for a mission. I was driven to live for God. That's it. I was driven to live for it. Tonight, there are two NFL football teams that are very driven. Isn't that right? Two NFL football teams that are very driven to do what? Win. Become world champions. I mean, the whole focus of their career, this pinnacle of everything they, all the, all the, the peewee games and all the, the, the little league games and all the high school games and the college games and all those games that they played brings them to this point to become world champions. I mean, their mission is extremely focused. They are driven. And when you are driven for mission, it not only determines what you don't do, you know, it doesn't, it also, you got to hear me, it not, it not only determines what you don't do. In other words, you know, it's not that I just don't drink, smoke, and chew, and run with those who do like I used to do. Now, my life is driven by what I do do. My life is driven by the good news, the message that God has changed me so that I can partner with him in bringing transformation and change to the lives of others. This morning, you are sitting with a group of believers. You're sitting with a group of seekers. You're sitting with people from this community. And the reason that we are gathered together is because 14 years ago, I was driven by the Holy Spirit. I was compelled by the Holy Spirit to, to leave everything I knew, to leave, to leave my safety net and my family and my home to move to Orlando, Florida, 3,500 miles. I didn't know one person. You are in a place of worship. You are in a place where God's people are gathered together and, and literally scores of people have received Christ and scores of people have been baptized and scores of people have experienced the transforming life of God because I was driven. I was literally pushed. I couldn't do anything else. I remember one time my wife just told me, shut up. Don't talk about it anymore. I don't want to hear it. Do you remember how hard it was when we planted the first church? I said, but I'm driven. I have to do this. And something in your life begins to change when you allow God's spirit and power to really focus you in the mission for what you created you for. God created you for mission. We're a church with a mission. Our slogan, our slogan, our 
mission statement is bringing God's love to the city one person at a time. For years, we used to have this little purpose statement that we said, and it goes something like this, if you could repeat it after me. I have a purpose. Come on, I have a purpose. My purpose is to win souls. I best fulfill my purpose. When I'm with other Christians, I will never be satisfied until I am living my life fully for Christ. I mean, you'll never be satisfied in your life. You'll never make enough money. You'll never go to enough parties. You'll never connect with the right. I mean, there's all those things, you know. God created us and God gives us life and he wants us to enjoy life. But those things will never bring the satisfaction. It'll never bring that sense that, wow, my life really is making a difference. See, today I want you to acknowledge that God is inviting you to be part of this great transformation of life that's invited by Jesus. So why stand up? Acknowledge every person here. Every person here is wired and created by God for a special purpose. There are people that you meet that you can make eye contact with. There are people that you know that they can work. I'll never go. I mean, I could yell and spit on people for a little while on Sunday morning, but you're out there every week. You're out there rubbing shoulders. You're out there being the light, that spirit of God that is in you. You are out there going places and saying things and connecting with people that I'll never be able to talk to. Mission is about you. It's not even about you. Our mission is about bringing glory to heaven. Taking as many people with us to heaven as we possibly can. You'll never take anything. You'll never take anything. And you'll, you'll bury you with your clothes on. And let me tell you, the only thing that will take with you into eternity are people that Jesus loves. Your family, your children, your friends, your neighbors, your neighbors. Jesus, when he was on this earth, Jesus loved people. He loved people. I mean, all the things you read about the, the ministry of Jesus, Jesus was motivated by transcendence. Jesus was motivated by love. And if you and I are going to have the right heart, if you and I are going to have the ability to fulfill the mission, we've got to have the right motivation. And the right motivation for us today is the heart of compassion. Matthew chapter 9, the Bible actually lays out just lays it out so clear. It says that Jesus went about the cities and the villages, and he went and preached the good news. He told people the good news. He told them how much God loved them and the power that there was in the changed life. Everywhere. And then he demonstrated it to them. The Bible says this in verse 13. When he saw the people, when he saw them, they were harassed and helpless. They had herds of cattle and sheep. They had things in their life that they couldn't overcome. about this compassion that Christ has given us as a church, having the right motivation. The reason that we do what we do is because we believe it matters to our community. It's because we want to see God's life, God's power change people's lives. Compassion. I begin to think about all the challenges that I face on a weekly basis, all the needs. See, my life is different than in some ways because I work with people from every spectrum of life. I work with people who don't have a home, but yet they have very little money. I have people, I work with people who have a very little money, and I work with people who have a lot of money. I work with people who are married and not married. I work with people who have children, don't have children. I mean, I mean, my sphere of influence that God has given me because of the place that he's put me in the body of Christ is different than it was, especially in this building. A few years ago,
this day
just the wooden top. Yes, it was. And then they just come up with a little one real quick, fall off the floor, you know, come off the side. And says, well, you know, Jack <laughs> Turner, I want you to be part of Confidence Crew. Oh, I wish it had happened that way. No, it didn't happen that way. There was no, a dude, and, and you were just, you were, you were handing it to the church, and your wife talked about being involved, and you, you chose the word believe, and believe that Jeff is able to walk in that room. Yes, sir. Because it was the call. And then the call. And then he prepared me as time went on. Julie returned to her home state where she found her. And uh, because I'd already been involved with the ministry, I'd already been gradually opening those doors and preparing them for uh, pastors to come into the ministry. So I'd be willing to walk in that place. I was there under the spirit of God and the peace of God. So could you tell us a little about some of the things that you've seen happen in God and some of the things that you've seen God do in your life? You know, uh, Pastor had sent me a list of questions that he wanted to let me know about what he was going to ask you tonight. And we talked way too long, giving me the opportunity, and Paul just let me hold this microphone. <laughs> this, is, this is a miracle right here. But this is a miracle. <laughs> it, is it is a miracle. miracle. But one of, the, um, <laughs> one of the things that we felt that it just um, a phenomenal change and phenomenal thing that we've seen happen and celebrate with Beverly is we had a young lady who um, proclaimed to us in November of 2010, briefly several young ladies struggling with mental health issues, and she's been a carrier since she was 14 years old. She's lost as far as running from the wheels all the way to her elbow. It was just broken her heart, just broken her heart. And within this last year, God has moved in such a mighty way that this last November, just a few months ago, I was able to present her with a bronze chip because she had been one year cut through. God is out there, and he's ready and able and wants to heal you of whatever it is that troubles you. And then I think well, those are like the big miracles, the big drama things. But we've also had, you know, little little changes that happen along the way in that process. Awesome. The Let's process. say work through the twelve twenty one. Actually, I'm in my own personal journal of twelve twelve twenty one devotional time and memorizing and sticking to it and all that. And what I realized is that every person here really has trouble with covenant. Amen. Because <laughs> all of us are powerless without God. Isn't that right? I mean, none of us got this figured out. We all need a savior. We all need a something greater than ourselves to come over and live and pursue us. We all need to confess our sins and find someone that we can partner and agree with. And Amen. All those principles are just so, they're just so basic to Christianity. Exactly. Yeah. Let's tell us what's done for you. Tell us what's happened in you as you guys celebrated this incredible time. You know, God has um, just been so faithful. I think when you get involved in a program like that, particularly if you've been involved in ministry and, you know, a lot of years, you think that, you know, you're fulfilling that need like you said. But what happens is, and what has happened, is that the steps have, I've probably received more ministry personally than maybe anybody else who's coming because I've seen changes in my own life. I've seen myself become um, less perfectionistic, less codependent, uh, more of Jesus, less of me as I have participated in this program because you can't go through these steps and work these steps and not be changed because the Word of God is not going to be changed for us. I was going to ask if I could just share a little bit about how um, or how I was saved and because it goes along with your message, which is, you know, it's not about us, it's about them and that the mission field is going to go outside those doors. When I was uh, about five years old, I got saved in a little church in Birmingham, Alabama. And I walked with the Lord for a while. But in my late teens, early 20s, I had just let so much compromise come into my life. It was a tumultuous time in the world, a tumultuous time in me. And I had gone to that distant land like the prodigal son. I mean, I just really wasn't connected, you know, to the Lord anymore. And uh, I needed the Lord. And 
economic activities found on the land use impact statement while they do walk me through a very, 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 very dark record. And um, I was working for the Orange County Sheriff's Office at that time, and um, I was top 10 for the credit union on this particular day when I could barely hold myself together anymore. And this lady with red hair, whose name I don't know, the Lord knows, uh, came to the window to, to do this transaction, and she looked at me, and she said, could you please touch my hand? I have my clip in my hand. She said, honey, are you okay? And all that emotion that was in me, all that hurt and all that yucky stuff, my eyes just welled up, Pastor. I mean, I just couldn't believe it because a stranger, a stranger noticed that I was hiding. And so I just, you know, kind of teared up a little bit and I, was, I didn't know what to say. And she said, do you care? Do you care? Being here a stranger in a bank, do you care? So I went back to her desk and she said, wait just a minute. And she wrote something down quickly on a piece of paper. She came back to me and she handed me, you know, this piece of paper. And, and I put out my hand to take it. She took her other hand. She touched my hand again. She said, Jesus is calling you home. She said, this is my church. I hope I see you there one day. And as a result of that stranger's willingness to fulfill that recognition we were just yelling at the bank, I stand here before you with an opportunity in ministry and just over the years to be able to fill need because she was willing to do what Pastor Justin is to do, and that's reach out and get involved. Ask God to give you the eyes to see. Did she share? That's all she said. Okay. Never. I, I went there actually that next week. It wasn't her words. It was God's. It was God's words. I went to that church expecting to find her like sitting on the front row, you know, or she's probably on staff or something. It's like she's laid back. It was a big church. Um, she wasn't there. And I, I attended that church actually several years, and it was maybe three years later I saw this red-headed lady, and I realized, that, hey, that's that lady from that bank. But she, but she was not someone on staff. She was just somebody like me and somebody like you so who was willing to reach out. Know, you know, I, I was there having to do the first witness, first youth and wives. You know, youth and wives are called to be your fathers and mothers and everything. I went through the stage of being first in time to be licensed to teach for three months. How many years? Been there 17 um, nieces, and um, actually, we gather sitting down for worship, and then about 7:30, when we release her, three moves on. We sit here at Hope, and uh, thank you for seeing that. Let's give Jackie a great big hand. The motivation that she has to call a call in your life is necessitated by the need. She heard that the next to your knock, don't wait. Call. Anything you need, call. You need to call to be a servant. She's in here waiting for this great big assignment from God. But this woman in line at a bank just said, do you care? Your life has changed. It's that simple. It's that simple. It's not that complicated. It's not that hard. Just fill the call. That's all she said. Meaning as Because he was going, that people who didn't live or people who didn't have to do it, because he was going, all these ministries to pastors would be simply doing the bottom work. I mean, simply doing the bottom work. From the age of 12 until 20, you must be about a father's business. And then from the age of, from the age of 32, you fight for your father. Okay? Bookends of his life. The bookends of his life must be driven by the mission. The mission to do what Christ called him, or God had called Christ to do. The message this morning, Acts chapter 8, the Bible says that Philip went preaching the good news concerning the kingdom and the name of Jesus Christ, and as a result, many men 
the third one is power. Everyone say power. It's not my power, but it's God's power that's working through me this morning. I couldn't even do what I'm doing today. I could not do this if it wasn't God's spirit and power enabling me. It's God's power in you. Every act, every deed, every day that you get up, or even a desire to worship God, or even a desire to serve Jesus, or even a, a desire to ever to tell anybody, that's the power of God. It's the spirit of God that's working in you. You see, the messages are word, deed, and power. Word, deed, and power. Powerful miracles. Powerful supernatural miracles. Divine provision. Last night when I text people again about prayer requests, I said, look, I'm on a prayer request for workforce. How many people who needed healing, physical healing in their bodies? How many people who needed financial, physical, you know, spiritual, finance, uh, not spiritual, but natural, financial needs, needs met? And then also relationship, intimacy. Those are like the three common themes that come across in prayer requests all the time. And the way that those worlds are changed in your life comes by revelation. It comes by having a revelation of God's spirit in your heart that he supplies, he meets, he cares, he's the healer, he's the deliverer, he's the God who brings change to the human life. But it isn't just for somebody out there. It's for you. Last thing that I want to conclude this morning, when we look at Jesus, the message, maybe the motivation, Jesus had a clear message. Jesus had a really clear plan. Jesus had a very strategic plan plan of bringing his love into our world. Very strategic. Look at Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But it says, and you will receive power after that to be my witnesses. And you'll be witnesses in Jerusalem. Everyone say Jerusalem. Judea and Samaria. And to the ends of the earth. See, first of all, it was local. It was local church mission. They were, it, was, it wasn't just local in location. It was also local in nationality. First, the gospel went to the Jews. But the Jews didn't receive it. Jesus said, listen, the message of the gospel will start with the Jews. It will start in Jerusalem. But then it will spread to Judea and Samaria. At City Church, our, a strategy that we believe that God has given to us is to partner with other ministries in our community. To come alongside of and to, and to serve and to work with other ministries, other local churches. We sponsor other local churches in our community that are just starting. We give monies to them other ministries in this community and have the resources to minister in a way that we don't and to bring God's love to the whole world. Right now, I want to introduce someone who's sitting here in the platform. This woman has just an incredible story also. And she doesn't attend this church. She attends another local church, Safe Harbor, I believe, in our community. And uh, 14 years ago, she was driven by a passion. She was driven for a mission. And that mission is called Christ in Crisis. Andrea Say your last name for me. Besides, we're going to welcome Andrea Besides to the City Church platform. Let's welcome her as she comes this morning. Welcome, Andrea. We got a mic up here. Let's welcome Andrea now. Thank you for that. Let's bring her in just a moment after we have a coffee and let's get her pumped up for you. At City Church, we have a passion. We have a mission. That is to partner with other ministries in our community. And when I, I first met you, you were I was talking to her just before the service about doing a mission trip. I plan on doing a couple of trips. We got one in April. We're going to go to Dominica. 
como de Dios vida Can we give God a big hand for that one? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. My goodness. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, um, I have some more flyers, and our last newsletter, which is our last flyer, is about Anna Lee. This is our again and now appreciation day. She was my mom. And, uh, but anyway, our ministry is pretty simple. We exist to provide alternatives to abortion in modern progressive conscious Christianity through passionate, great content and tangible resources. Abortions in every group, and over 40 women who have been killed in abortion. 
about 100 to 150 pounds of meat is pulling 24 pounds of fat. You're located right here, right at the bus station. The corner of 7th off French Avenue and 10th Street. And most of how would you have people pray for you? Well, you can certainly pray for us. Prayer is the key to everything, whether we need financial support or volunteers. But there's other ways to help us. If you're interested in becoming a volunteer, we have a training class that we offer twice a year at Scripture Center. We're always looking for strong business people that would want to serve on our board to help bring awareness to our center, to raise money. Uh, we're having a baby bottle campaign. Uh, last year, we had 43 churches participate in a baby bottle campaign. Find out more about that at Scripture Center. And we raised $42,000 just for bunch of folks putting their coins up. Putting Anyway, our budget last year was $176,000, and we accomplished that. And not one penny came from the government. It all came from churches and from God's people. i got to brag on Andrew a little bit. Every dime that came from his tie, his tie, um, was going to church. And we have an incredible supporter of tons of different things that does give back to this beautiful building that the Grand Point Presbyterian Church is involved with. Tonight on their behalf, we thank you for paying back for the whole project. Come on, give them a big hand. Andrew, we're so proud to partner with you. Katrina Moon's going to come with me and talk to our women just for a moment about how our women can be involved. We have a baby bottle here. We have a baby bottle. We need someone to walk you through grabbing a baby bottle here. Welcome, Katrina. Tell us a little bit about what's going to happen with this baby bottle. What, we're, what are we going to do as a part of this project? Vanna White this week, so we're missing a baby bottle. Take it with you, take it to your home, take it to your office, um, fill it with, like she said, cash, checks, keys, anything, and then bring it back here to us and on Wednesday today. We're going to collect them all, we're going to deliver them back to her, and then they will count it all up, see what we raised, and they'll give us a report back so we can report to you again on the Sunday.
do that? How can we help? We want to do this every week here, too. We want to. We really want to help you take something with you. One of the things that you can do as a Christian, and the next step is to follow the steps. If you've never been water baptized, if you've never followed Jesus in water baptism, here's the next step. Come back to the bottom here. We're going to check that off. Next week, we're going to have a water baptism. We're going to show you movements of Jesus, and it's a lot of fun. If you've never got water on your brain, since you've been sprinkled and since you were a little baby, we just believe God wants to dip a whole enchilada. He wants to dip everything. He wants to flow on you. We're going to have that next week. Our 40 days of small groups are starting next coming week. Next Sunday, we're kicking off I Love My Bible Study. I Love My City. I Love My Bible. Six weeks of talking about God's Word. It's incredible what you kind of learn and you kind of live in. It's a powerful time. And I challenge you, we have, we have the most people respond to being a small group worker we've ever had in the state of Montana. We have lots of small groups. We will, we will help you assist in finding a group that you can be a part of. And our scripture memory verse this week is Acts 1. Would you put that verse up? Again, I want you to read this verse with me. Just read, let's read this out loud together. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's your memory verse for the week. God's power. Close your eyes for a minute, because God's power is going to 